Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 13. The Pure Hearts. Katie stumbled out of her mother's bed, looking around, trying to get her bearings. A familiar throbbing in her head. Last night, she and Jackson had worked hard into the night until they were able to thoroughly block each other's projections. She had been so thrilled. She had immediately contacted Tyler and told him that one half of the Lizzie problem had been solved. She was surprised to hear he was already on his way home. Apparently, he had important information to tell them. She had been curious, but Tyler only told her he would be there the next day. Katie reached for the painkillers in the medicine cabinet, gulping them down with some water. She wandered into the living room. The three pure hearts she had previously met, Justin, Nathan, and Joel, were all watching her with mischievous grins on their faces. She blinked a couple of times, her brain not really working right. Memories of the previous night filtering through her pounding head. You guys stole my bed, she said grumpily. There were some problems in the black home. Justin shrugged, still grinning. Mrs. Black asked your mom to take some of us off her hands for a while. Katie frowned, automatically nodding, digesting the information. She turned into the kitchen and headed for the coffee pot. The rank smell of burned coffee hit her nostrils. Picking up the pot, she glared at the bottom. It was going to take a lot more energy than she had to scrub it. Hearing a sound, she turned. The three guys had followed her into the kitchen. None of you guys know how to turn off the coffee once you pour the last cup? Nathan chuckled. You're a little grumpy in the morning. She opened a cupboard and frowned. Yeah, I probably look like crap, too. This got a laugh from all of them. You don't look your best, Justin said, grinning broadly. Katie casually looked at him before doing a double take. Are those my sweatpants? Justin shrugged. I ran out of clothes yesterday. This was the only thing of yours that fit. Katie eyed Justin, trying not to laugh. The bright pink sweats looked ridiculous on him. She looked at the other two. Their jeans looked dirty, their shirts too small. Your fashion sense leaves much to be desired. Justin shrugged. Mrs. Black has cleaned out the local thrift stores. Since we're all in the same boat, we just laugh at how ridiculous we look. We're just glad to have something to cover us. Katie stared, remembering when her wardrobe dwindled to zero. Candy had been the one who came to the rescue. Except now, Candy's parents had rejected her because she was a were-animal. She obviously could not help. Why don't you project? 
Justin gave the other two a significant look. What's projecting? Katie looked at them dumbfounded. You've never heard of projecting? Joel stepped forward. We've heard of it, but never actually seen it. Why? David cannot see it. Justin jumped in. David still cannot see a projection? Katie raised her voice in astonishment. But I thought... She paused, remembering the days leading up to his transformation. It wasn't until the night he actually changed before he could hear her speak through her thoughts. She had just assumed he would see projections by now. Forrest has convinced him we don't need to learn all those newfangled mind games. Joel put his finger up in the quote sign. The old ways have always worked for generations. They will work in the future. The anger began building inside. The heat, a welcome friend. Are you kidding me? She said it so softly. Nathan, who was in the back, leaned forward to hear. Forrest says, Joel said, trying to get all the information out. The old ones who set up the were animals did not intend for us to distort our abilities. Katie stared at them, dumbfounded. Oh, great. Just great. Let me get this straight. You will be fighting a foe with bows and arrows while they will be using submachine guns and tanks, she shrugged dramatically. But, hey, you don't have to worry, because you'll only be outnumbered three to one. Without thinking, she reached for the refrigerator and looked inside. Raising her head to see over the door, There is no food in this house. All three guys look guilty. Sorry, we were hungry. And the blacks are limited on what they can feed us, Joel explained. We didn't think you would mind, Nathan piped up, since you fed us before. She slammed the door before feeling guilty over her bad behavior. I'm sorry, I don't mind. If you're hungry, eat whatever you want. I'll just eat at the compound. She watched as the three guys gave each other a significant look. She walked over, grabbing her knapsack. Reaching in, she grabbed her wallet. Taking out the credit card Jackson had given her, she handed it to Justin. What's this for? This is for you to buy whatever clothes or anything else you need. She looked at the three grinning guys. Don't go overboard. There's a limit. Just get what you need. She casually walked into the bathroom to take a shower. Walking out, the three guys' positions had not changed. They were obviously in a deep discussion about something. She gave them an uneasy look as she gathered her things together. Katie, can you show us a projection? Justin asked. You like my clothes? She was wearing a light blue t-shirt and her favorite faded jeans. Justin shrugged. Yeah, they're okay. What do you think of them now? She projected exactly what she looked like the night of prom. Her dress flowed gracefully around her curves. Her hair coiled up with soft tendrils of hair surrounding her face. She heard the gasp, the astonished looks. Leaving her image behind, she went into the kitchen and grabbed a butter knife. She held it to Justin's throat before dissolving the image. Justin jumped back as he felt the dull blade against his neck. 
She gave all of them a significant look before casually throwing the knife into the sink. If you boys don't mind, don't tell anyone about this little discussion we had. You have a traitor on your team. I would like to keep her in the dark about how much I can project. Just as casually, she grabbed her bag and walked out of the house. She climbed into her car and pulled away. She was conscious of three pairs of eyes watching her every move. Katie was almost to the compound when her cell phone rang. Without looking at the caller ID, Hello, Mom! Her mother was the only one she knew who still called her on her cell phone. Katie, I need to speak to you. Is this a good time? Katie shrugged. Yes, what is it? I just left a parent meeting discussing the different problems we were having with all the... The pure hearts? Okay, Katie said. I know you must have noticed there were some boys who stayed last night in our house. It was hard not to notice. She could hardly walk through the door and get through the house with the number of bodies that were lying all over the place. Yeah, I noticed. It's probably going to be uncomfortable, but I think we need to move into the plantation house and let the male pure hearts move into our place. Really? Katie pulled into the compound parking lot and turned off her ignition. I didn't think it was livable. It's going to be hard, but I think it will be better for everyone if we separate the boys and girls into separate houses, her mom explained. Katie looked out over her window and saw Zach and Cluxy heading in her direction. Whatever, Mom. I'll go along with whatever you decide. Great, her mom sounded relieved. I'll start packing our stuff immediately. Katie paused, keeping an eye on the two pure hearts standing outside her car window, obviously wanting her attention. You need help? Her mother sighed. If you don't mind packing up your room and cleaning it out, I believe that's all the help I need from you. After making arrangements, she hung up and quickly got out. What's up? She couldn't help noticing Zach and his wild eye look. She associated that look with him on the first day she met him. Cluxy had his back to her, watching the buildings at the compound. Katie, something is seriously wrong, Zach said. He kept darting his eyes towards the building like he was expecting something or someone to attack. Katie's heart jumped into her throat. What is it? Were we attacked? She was ready to change and start charging the compound. Keep your voice down, Cluxy said in a scared whisper. I don't want any of them to hear us. Who? Katie whispered back, still not understanding what was going on. Those others, they don't smell right. Zack was shaking his head. There's something wrong with their scent. They're evil. He nodded, his eyes darting towards the building. They're evil to the core. Really? The seekers don't smell right? Katie gave them a deadpan stare. It's a good thing I have you two around. You've only been here for what? Four days? Katie couldn't help smiling. Of course they don't smell right. They're seekers. She remembered having the same conversation with David several days ago. Two sets of startled eyes rested on her. Katie sighed. I tried to get you to go with the pure heart, Zach. You refused to go. Don't you remember me trying to get you to go with my friends at the diner? When I introduced you to Jackson, what was the first thing he told you? You are welcome, but the pure hearts usually meet somewhere else. Katie motioned towards him. 
You refused to go. She turned and faced Clexy. You were with the Purehearts, and you made such a butthead of yourself. They asked me to take you off their hands. They are evil. Zack pointed towards the compound. We can smell the evil. The whole place is evil. She put her hands on her hips. No, they are not evil. Trying to keep her voice calm, Katie took a deep breath. If they intended to kill either one of you, you would be dead. She rubbed her face as exhaustion settled on her shoulders. She was tired of having the same conversation over and over. Look, both of you were so busy fighting each other, we have not been able to teach you anything at all. I suggest you start learning from the Seekers so you can help fight the true evil that is out there. I don't want to be around those people, Cluxy said, pointing towards the compound. There's nothing they have I want to learn. I'm not teaching you, Katie said in an aggravated voice. I'm not going to keep going down the same road and telling the same story. I am also not going to teach the newcomers the same stuff over and over. She raised her hands facing upwards. I don't have the patience, she pointed towards the compound. There are people assigned to teach you. There's nothing they have I want to learn, Zach said, his eyes again darting towards the buildings. Katie swiveled her head between Zach and Clexi. They were the same height and stature. Both of them had the same intensity, and it was obvious they were scared. She sighed, shaking her head. Can I have someone come out here and give me a hand? She called out to the seekers with her mind. Turning, she faced the two pure hearts. Don't freak out, but a seeker is going to come out. Leaning against her car, she patiently waited. Zack and Cluxy stepped to the side. Katie noticed Zack's eyes still had their wild look. He must be mentally preparing himself to do battle, she figured. She stood up straight when five seekers came charging out of the compound. They stood at attention, giving her their Roman salute. She was so used to the salute by now, she hardly noticed it. I actually only need one of you. They all stayed at attention, not moving. Shrugging, she casually hit the one closest to her. Are you projecting clothes? Yes, Great Wolf, he said in a formal voice, still standing at attention. Katie nodded before dismissing the extra four. Can you change into your animal form and back into human? A large lion appeared. Then the lion turned back into human, his clothes instantly appearing on his form. Zack and Cluxy both looked at each other, then back at the seeker who was once again standing at attention. Thank you. You may go. The seeker thumped his chest with his fist, turned, and ran back into the compound. She turned back to the two pure hearts. They had a dumbfounded look on their face. Are you sure there's nothing these people can teach you? Because that's not the only thing you'll learn. She brushed her hair out of her eyes in aggravation. Both of you have wasted valuable time fighting each other. Instead of learning how to fight the real evil, 
that is determined to destroy us. I will not cater to your bigotry of the seekers. So if you want to learn how to fight, and I mean fight, what you have been doing to each other in the last four days would not be considered fighting by anyone. Then I suggest you get in there and ask someone to teach you. She took a deep breath. I will not teach anyone. Katie reached down and grabbed the trash can, the last remnant of her bedroom she had since she was a little girl. She casually cocked her head to listen. She heard the front door open and footsteps echo into the empty house. Now this is more like it. An unknown voice said in the living room, I'll be able to bring the ladies in here just fine. Katie's ears perked up. She stepped closer to listen. Another unknown voice laughed. You heard the rules. No sex on the premises. Yeah, like that's gonna stop me. The other laughed. I laugh every time I think about seeing that old prude's face whenever she saw me doing it on her couch with Sherry. It was a true classic. I'm going to keep that little picture in my mind for a long time. Katie covered her mouth with her hand in shock. She couldn't help a soft giggle as she drew closer to the door to hear, I just wish I would have been here when that Sam girl was around. I would have had her on her mom's couch. I would have loved to see the old prude's face then. For a few seconds, Katie stood there as the implication of what she had just heard sank in. The old prude they must be talking about was Mrs. Black. And now they are talking about Sam. Katie saw red. Her vision actually turned a hazy crimson as she stormed into the living room, changing into wolf form as she went. She didn't stop to count how many were in the room. She attacked everyone. Instinctively, they transformed, trying to fight her. They were no match for her speed, ability, weight, and especially her fury. She had five pure hearts cowering before her. She turned and roared at three others, ran into the house to see what the commotion was about. She turned into human, her eyes going wild. You! She screamed with her voice as well as her mind, the words magnified with power all around her. How dare you disrespect that family! She held on to her human form, her eyes changing into wolf slits. You had sex in the Black's family home? How dare you disrespect them! Two more guys came charging into the house, staring in wild surprise at her. Just for good measure, she included them all as she roughed them up in a circle. This is my house, my town, and the blacks are my family! You! She pointed her finger at the cowering pure hearts. I hear because I invited you. I will not allow you to disrespect anything that is mine! She tried to calm down. It didn't work. You are going to make this right. I want to see you grovel when you apologize to the blacks. If I don't see you groveling, 
She stepped closer to them. If I don't see you figuratively licking their feet, I will kick you out of this town. And if I hear another derogatory comment about the Black family, I will kill you where you stand! She turned into wolf form and roughed them up again. Do you understand me? I will kill you where you stand! Turning back into human form, she pushed past the pure hearts. She got into her jeep and drove away. After she left the pure hearts, she drove furiously to the compound. Still filled with tension, she turned into wolf form and bounded into the woods, heading straight to her waterfall. She was sure it had another name. Sometime, when she had more time, she would look it up. But right now, my waterfall was the only name it needed. Katie lay down in the soft grass, the tinkling sound of the waterfall soothing her senses, restoring her natural mood. She closed her eyes, allowing the peacefulness of her waterfall to absorb into her body. Katie, can you hear me? Katie opened her eyes, staring into the leaves above her. Yes, Candy, I can hear you. The pure hearts are here to apologize to the Black family. Are you wanting to watch? Instantly alert, she sat up. Absolutely. She reached out with her mind and entered into Candy's. She immediately recognized the black home. Mr. and Mrs. Black were standing stiffly, staring at the nine pure hearts as they shuffled around, trying to make room for themselves in the crowded living room. She appreciated Candy glancing around the room so she could see everyone present. Hold on, she said with her thoughts. The room is too crowded. Coward, leave the room. The pure hearts glanced around among themselves. Candy paused, then looked directly at Forrest so Katie could see Forrest's reaction. Now hold on, he said in a loud voice. I belong here just like anyone else. Leave, Katie said strongly through her thoughts. The old man blustered, shaking his head. No, I will not. If you do not leave, coward, I promise you there will be no place on this earth you will be able to hide. The man blustered some more before turning around and walking out of the room. Katie saw David wince a couple of times. She reached into her mind and turned Forrest's thoughts back on. Once again, he was screaming curses at her. Keep your thoughts to yourself, old man. The screaming ceased immediately. Okay, I believe we're ready, she said to everyone. One of the pure hearts stepped forward. Mr. and Mrs. Black, we, I'm truly sorry for what I did for disrespecting you and your home. He stammered nervously. Is that the best you can do? Katie's thoughts said evenly. The guy looked around confused. Okay, let me help you. Why don't you repeat everything I say? He swallowed hard, then nodded. I apologize having sex in your home. Katie waited patiently till she heard him repeat the words, We will never do it again here or in anyone else's home while we are here. Again, she waited patiently for him to repeat, If we have to relieve our baser animal instincts, the kid paused for a moment, then repeated her words exactly, Then I will do it in the woods like the animal I am. 
With satisfaction, she heard the pure heart repeat everything word for word. Katie watched Mr. and Mrs. Black's lips twitch before formally accepting their apology. Now, ask them if there's anything you and the other pure hearts can do for them, Katie told them. She knew from experience the Blacks would put them to work immediately. Candy happened to glance at David, who gave her a quick wink, his lips twitching, trying not to grin. Katie's heart jumped into her throat. She hadn't seen him in several days. She realized how much she missed him. She sighed and left Candy's mind, lying back down in the soft grass. She tried hard not to think about him. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.